Welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyrics ever. With the juvenile flush on that one? <laughs> I'm not dealing with that. I'm not dealing with that crap. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, we are back with another Audible Ecstasy podcast episode. This week, we got Anthony's pick, Little Dangerous Toys, the debut. You guys ready to do this? I'm ready, Anthony. I'm sure this is your pick this week. Let's hear you. Give us your best. I don't have as good one this week as I did last week. I was proud of last week's, but... uh, (laughs) Last week was great. Let's try this one. My boots and me, oh, we're a never-knowing. From day to day, just where we'll be a-going. Down a dusty road or a riding on a rail, loving or fighting, they'll never fail me. Yaha hoo! It's the Audible Ecstasy podcast. <laughs> Good lord, <laughs> that's lyrics from one of the songs on this album. Yeah, so. oh yeah, is, uh, I'm aware. That's hilarious. <laughs> like I said, not as good as last week, but yeah, yeah. no, it's okay. Tens, right? They all can't be zingers, baby. I mean, I could say we're all sporting a Woody. It's the Audible Ecstasy podcast. There you go. Yeah, that's the more, it's a little blue, that's, that's, but that's you know, it's I was trying to keep it. I was trying to keep it less blue this week. So. Oh, dang, got it. Jeez, that's unlucky to censor Man. your blue. Why would you censor it? Come on, Anthony. <laughs> all right, <laughs> unleash the beast. All right, let's get this thing started. First track, teasing, pleasing, Chris. This one right here has one of the greatest simple riffs ever written. I love how this song starts off with that frantic riff and how it continues throughout the song. First single from the album, and it really starts this album off on full throttle. I love the slowdown in the middle of the song and how it goes into the spoken lines, and then you have a great, great solo. The song is a strong one, probably considered one of the best songs from Dangerous Toys. This one is outstanding to my ears. And that's why I'm giving it a nine. Chris, teasing, pleasing. 
Yeah, you forgot to mention that the shotgun. Hey, man, I think you got the wrong house. <laughs> that's a great one. Great, yeah, that's great the, best, that's the funniest that. part of the. He does that some, you know, old Jason. He, he'll he'll throw some kind of like zingers in the middle of his songs. I think that's pretty funny. Kind of got a what you uh, what's his name from Aerosmith, lead singer. He's got the kind of vibe. Stephen Tyler. Stephen Tyler, yeah. Yeah, man. He, he this song I really like the it's kind of complex the the riff going on at the beginning of that. that I mean, yeah. I tell you what, uh, the one thing I learned this week is that uh, it was a Scott Dalhover. Is that his yeah. name? I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Dude is a hell of a guitarist and. I think he's he's uh, critically underrated in the the hair oh, metal he, genre when it comes to play. that. I mean, dude could seriously play. I was I'm just like blown away a lot of this album listening to his guitar riffs and stuff and his tone. His tone's fantastic. It's a fun song. It was a hit. I'm with you, Jimmy. I gave it a nine as well. I think it's awesome. a fantastic way to start this album out. All right, Anthony, what do you think? Uh, well, there's not much Wikipedia this week. There uh, actually, there's nothing on these songs. But I did pull off this little blurb from Wikipedia. So I said, Dangerous Toys is the debut album by Texas hard rock band Dangerous Toys. Another band from Texas, uh, ZZ Top being the other one. Released in 1989, it includes the singles Tease and Pleasing and Scared. The former covered by Shadows Fall on Fallout from the War. I don't know Shadows Fall. They're awesome, dude. Holy crap. Killer band. Said the latter a tribute to Alice Cooper. Sportin' a Woody was also released as a single to promote the album. And I think that's the song that I first heard by him was Sportin' a Woody. Because I remember hearing that song going, what the hell is this? And it was good. And I really liked it. But uh, probably was on that Headbangers Ball is probably where I heard it. But uh, although second guitarist Danny Aaron is pictured on the album's back cover and credit for playing, he does not play on the album. Tim Trembley left Dangerous Toys before the recording sessions began leaving Scott Delhover, their only guitarist, who played all guitar parts on the album. Dangerous Toys remains the band's best-selling album, having been certified gold in 1994 and receiving their highest chart position in the United States at number 65. So this is wow. their their big one. So <laughs> really their only one, I guess. But, um, anyways, teasing, that. pleasing, man. Huh? It's funny you said that. I was watching a live clip of them uh, not that long ago, and... Uh, it was 2017, I think, is when the when the video was shot, and he's he plays. I think it was they're opening for Ace Freely, I think, and he he played about five songs, and right in the middle of it, he said something like, "This is off the first album," and then he said, "The only good one." <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> so, so I think it, you know Jason realizes it's the only good one and isn't afraid did, to just say that. So I didn't dive into their second one. I think it's Hellacious Acres, which is a great name for a title. Great name. For a good name. Oh yeah. Uh, Anyways, man, I, you know, this is one hell of a way to leave an album in. It's fast, upbeat, nasty, groovy, loud, and full of swagger. Catchy chorus, big guitars, kind of song you just want to crank as loud as you can crank it. Uh, it's everything you expect from a band in this genre. No issues, no complaints. I love how the song closes out, too, that teasing, pleasing, just right in your face. It's so good. I gave this bad boy a 10, man. I think it's perfection. I think it's perfection for Dangerous Toys. I think it's perfection for the hair metal genre. I think if you're making a list of top 50 songs in a hair metal genre, this song should be on there. This is a song that could easily convert somebody into hair metal, I think. So I, I give it a 10. I think it's perfection. It's my only 10 of the night, but I, I, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going with 10. Wow. When this song closed yeah, on I don't Friday, think this Thursday, is their biggest song, personally. No, me personally, I think it's perfection. For yeah, it's all I think about it's how you hear it, man. man. That's exactly right. Good. Yeah. 
Dude, I, I think it's a great song too, Anthony. I just uh, I was scared to throw out tens. I was thinking pop perfection or hard rock perfection. I think dangerous toys perfection, hair metal perfection. I think it's all there for this song. It, it's one of those big songs from the genre that oh, it's an awesome deserves tune, for sure, yeah. for sure. All right, well, let's move us forward to the second track. It's called Scared. Hit it, Chris. Oh my God! Here we go. All right, boys. This is where I'm going to take over and show my fanboyism. Okay, any song that has Alice Cooper guest vocaling, you're going to get good. You're going to get a good rating from me first and foremost, and it makes it more legendary in my ears. I love how this one starts out, and when they play this live, it's the exact same thing. Yeah, I love it. I freaking love that, and it just kicks right into the riff. Um, honestly, this is my favorite Dangerous Toy song in all their discography. Really, the video is fantastic. If you haven't seen the video, you need to go watch it. <laughs> I mean, it is awesome. It's everything nightmares are made of. It's it's just great. Um, I I, I labeled it as stellar, full of creepy goodness. It is my go to song for the Halloween season every single year. One of the few Dangerous Toy songs I've learned to play on guitar. Lyrics are great. Easy to remember, easy to sing along. It's got a fun groove. Great slowdown in the middle. Why am I starting to like this? You know he hasn't hurt me yet. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, it's borderline perfection in my ears. Once again, my favorite song by Dangerous Toys. It's a 9.5 as of right now, and you're not going to twist my arm anymore to uh, to go much higher because I could throw a 10 out easily for this one. I just I was trying to keep my fanboy in check. Chris, scared. Yeah, I echo your sentiments on that video, man. That I actually watched that this week too, and uh, all the spiders crawling all over the floor, yeah, the snake and, and the like, spiders. Man, it, was, it was a really good video. I have to, I give him credit. I, I read this week that it was about Alice Cooper. I didn't realize he actually guessed. Yeah, uh, he's the one who's on the saying track. the word part. Oh, okay, okay. Just a whim. Well, I can see that. Maybe I'm that. becoming his pet. Yeah, I, I agree. It's the best song on this album, in my opinion. Uh, it's their most streamed song, which they don't have a lot of streams on Spotify, but it is their highest stream song. Sure. Again, those riffs, man. I mean, that, and to me, this is the most polished song on the album as well. I feel oh, like yeah. the background vocals are there. They, they do a great job with that. I mean, the whole band is firing. I didn't say this in, this clip, or in my notes for this song, but I say it a lot tonight, and it applies here. The rhythm section in this band is fantastic. Bass guitar is fantastic. The drums, they push these songs, do a great job with it. Uh, I, and, and again, I was like, this, <laughs> I wrote these before I realized it was Alice Cooper, but it'd be perfect in a horror movie. It's like a soundtrack for something like that. Like, like one of these eighties horror movies, maybe not a real 
scary kind of stuff, but kind of like a more campy, cheesy kind of horror See, movie. like that. The movie Shocker comes to mind when I think of this. Like movie. a Nightmare on Elm Street kind of movie. Yeah, I could see it being in something like that. Like Nightmare on Elm Street uh, four or five, maybe four or six. Yeah, yeah, you know, one of those. Yeah, they were later, all kind of cheesy. Later I mean, they were fun, but like you know, they weren't. None of them was really scared to death watching those. But uh, anyway, uh, I gave man. I'll tell you, I'm kind of right there with you, man. I gave it a nine and a half as well. But if Anthony wanted to give us a ten, it wouldn't like a bit. Yeah, I, I can it's see not that. A 10, but for me, but actually, it's, it's the best close. song on the album, personally. It is their most streamed song too. Just so you know. Go ahead. Yeah. All right, Anthony. What do you think about it? <laughs> Waiting on Jimmy over here. Sorry. Like, we could just keep going, man. Yeah, well, he said, go ahead. I'm like, all right, let's rock and roll this. Uh, you know, it's a solid second song, man. It's it's more of a mellow song, you know, Bet Went Away than the first one, but it's perfectly radio friendly. Um, I, you know, I can see why it was a single. You know, the song works. No issues, no complaints. I do like sort of the way it's sort of toned down from the first one, which is really kind of nice and smooth. They do a really good job with that. Uh, you know, great guitar solo, harmonies are excellent, vocals are excellent. Love the horror elements that are sprinkled about. I give this one a nine. I think it's outstanding, though I could go to ten. It's one of those songs, the first two songs I was debating hard, nine, ten, nine, ten. And I was like, I gave the first one a ten, I'll give this one a nine. But Because uh, I like the first one a little bit better than this one. But yeah, well, the Alice nine. Cooper thing didn't put you over the top on that, man. I mean, dude, well, see, I, the I love rumor is, yeah, I do too. The rumor was that, I mean, there's like no credit to it, but it is, it's clearly his vocal line saying it, uh, saying those words. So, uh, you know, and this is their debut album. So imagine that. Um, yeah, dude, it's, it's crazy that, and I, I, I mean, I got it heard that back in probably 1990 or 89 when this album first came out. So. Yeah, I, didn't, I couldn't tell if it was Alice Cooper. It sounded just like him. I mean, they could have pulled it from like an old album. Maybe they pulled out a clip. And it's possible it or for sure, but uh, dude, yeah, that's clearly that's yeah. his vocal. Dude. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, unless somebody just really knows how to mimic his vocals, it's a it's a yeah. perfect representation. It, it absolutely is a perfect representation. It's I mean, he's not listed on the Teddy. on the track listing as like a guest oh, he's, or anything. So. He's not, man. I, I I know I looked at that, but I I know I've read that in the past. And I know that it's obviously a, a dedicated song to him every show. And even when they opened up for Alice Cooper back in like 15, 14, whenever they toured with him. Yeah. Like imagine maybe that it's show. Supposed to be a, maybe it's supposed to be a mystery, kind of like a little spooky mystery, you know, like a well, like ghost just sort of drifts awesome in song. and drifts out, you know. <laughs> awesome song on that. And i tell you what, if Jason McMaster, if I could ever get him to interview, I'm would be one of the questions I ask him. There's like two or three questions I want to ask him. That is one of them. He Did you pull that one? That might be like he, something he wants to leave ambiguous there. I don't it know. could very well be, man. Oh, well. All right, let's move this to track number three. It's called Bones in the Gutter. Chris.
Dang it. All right, before I get started on this one, I was going to pull the guitar solo for this song. Dang it. Ah, I forgot it. I was looking through my notes. I was like, what song was it? All right, so this one has an incredible drum and bass intro. Then it goes right into a little guitar tease. And that's the one thing I'm going to say right now before we go any further. Mike Watson's bass on this song or this album is outstanding, and it is absolutely underappreciated. It is there. Listening to this with the headphones on, not in the car, just with my AirPods in, holy smokes, dude. It's so prevalent. But let's continue. It's got a funky vibe. I mean, this song sounds like it's straight out of a gutter. Uh, it could have been straight out of a GNR song songbook, if you ask me. It's got that decent vibe, decent riffs, great guitar solo. And I said maybe the best on the album. That guitar solo is smoking. Very good song. I'm at a six. Chris, Bones in the Gutter. Six. That's, that's very good for you. Yeah, it is very, yeah, yeah, man, it's very good. It's a very good song. That that bass line is just so nasty at the beginning of that. I mean, it's just I yeah. love it. It's so good. I agree, man. Another underrated because, and I said, you know, on the last song, I was like, the rhythm section on this whole album, man. I mean, these guys yeah. just crush it. They really For do. For sure. I mean, underrated musicians. They really are. Because, I mean, after, I guess it's because they didn't have much success after this album. But, damn, I mean, I wish I'd known what happened to them because, <laughs> like, we'll get to that. I think the end. 90s happened to them as well. Yeah, happens. yeah. That's exactly could have, what you're absolutely right, Anthony. That's exactly what could have happened. But yeah, it, this song's like about a hitman, right? I mean, I think so. Yeah, like. it's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's actually it's, darker it's, than that. It's almost like oh, a slasher it? movie. If you read. Well, it, I was thinking he, he's killing prostitutes, right? He's killing somebody, and put them in mixers I, and all kinds of stuff. I think yeah. he's killing prostitutes. It reminded me like a <laughs> so, horror, like a well, there's, slasher there's, movie. I'm definitely, metal song. I think it might be different people because in the second verse it does sound like a prostitute, but in the first one I think he's be. killing somebody else. Like I, I don't know, man. It's weird. Um, I, I don't, you said there were no song, song facts this week, Anthony, so I guess we'll just have to like <laughs> leave that in the air. I Jason don't know. McMaster on this podcast and talk to him, yes. <laughs> no, that's what we need to do. It's a very catchy chorus. Uh, I've always liked this song. I, again, that, that intro is just almost felt like something from like uh, Headbangers Ball, something you'd watch back in the day. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't know if it was ever. Definitely seemed rung a bell when I heard it, you know. It's got that dirty hair vibe that Anthony liked to talk about there last week. It definitely, this one fits yeah. that uh, to a T. I think it's a little, I'm a little better than Jimmy on this. I gave it a seven and a half. I think it's oh, between wow. great and excellent. It's uh, just that bass Good. line, the way the song kicks in. I like it, man. I, I think our scores throughout the rest of this album may be all over the place because I'm curious to see what songs, you know, obviously this one struck a nerve with you, Chris. Anthony, what do you think about Bones in the Gutter? You know, I'm with you guys. I do love that bass and guitar intro with that drum. It's just so funky, so good. I love it. Uh, and then you get that chaotic sounding song with big vocals, powerful drums, guitars that screech. And like I said, if you read the lyrics, man, they're super dark. This, I kind of compared this to like a slasher sort of horror movie song or something. It's like a slasher movie turned into a song, basically, is what it is. It's really strange if you read the lyrics. They're really dark. Right. Um, you know, I think it works, man. I gave this one an eight. I think it's excellent. Oh, excellent, wow. excellent tune. So, uh, you know, but yeah, no complaints. Man. This, this is a strong album. For a debut album, this is a very strong album, so. Yeah, I agree. All right. I agree. I agree. So let's go to track four. It's called Take Me Drunk. Chris.
gosh, yes. I mean, there are songs that sound like they're fun and funky. This is definitely one that's going to fall into that category. I mean, it sounds like it's it's a fun, funky song to perform. It's full of decent guitar riffs, vocally great. Jason sounds like he's having a blast singing this one. This has got pure trash lyrics. And I will say this. I almost lived these lyrics in the 90s, so uh, uh, I can still taste the Jägermeister. Oh, God. This one is in between good and very good. I'm at a five and a half. Chris, what did you think about Take Me Drunk? I can't even smell Jägermeister anymore. It just creates a gag <laughs> reflex the minute I smell it. It's terrible. Oh, you know, this song, you guys may may disagree with this, but to me, it, it reminds me of a mix between like Van Halen and Jackal because it, does. it reminds me of that Take Your Whiskey Home song a little bit. I mean, it, it, the way that it kicks in. And, and and that said, you know, Scott's all over the place with the guitar, man. He's crushing it. It almost has like a Van Halen-esque riffage to it as far as that goes. Uh yeah, it's it's a I, okay. Here's what I think. Instrumentally, it's fantastic. Rocks rhythm section again, pushing the hell out of this song. I mean, they do a great job with it. Uh, it's an interesting transition near the end there too. It was kind of fun. Uh, that said, I will say vocally, Jason, it's one of the weaker songs on the album. He's, oh, you think so? He's just I do. I mean, I think the chorus is good, but during the during the verses, he's just kind of like rapping almost. I don't know, man. It's like <laughs> that's yeah. what's so fun about. I think possibly. I give it a six. I think it's a very good song. That's higher than me. It's fun. <laughs> Instrumentally, it rocks. It's not Jason's best, but that's okay. I mean, it's it's what it is. Wow. All right. Well, Anthony, take me drunk. <laughs> no, I'm not going to take you drunk. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, enjoy the swagger of this one. Uh, that sort of bluesy, honky tonk sound mixed with that heavy beat. That's really kind of cool. It's catchy, upbeat. It's hard not to get into it, man. It's uh, just gets you grooving, and uh, I like a song that just kind of makes you want to move. I give it a seven. I think it's a great tune. So uh, awesome, yeah. Awesome. Swagger is a good word for this song. I didn't come up. It's good, got a good, lot of good just pick, nasty swagger. A lot of swagger in this one. Yeah, it's very right. much a hair metal song too. This is what you oh, expect yeah. from the hair metal genre song I, like this. I would it's absolutely agree. For the genre. Yeah. So it is. It is. It's. I mean, it's a good song, guys. Let's just face it. All right, well, let's go to track five. It's called "Feels Like a Hammer." Chris. guys feels like a hammer first of all killer acoustic opening jason's vocals really lend to the quality of the intro as he strains the, as he strains and the song develops into something heavier got a little clip for you here real fast guys and i apologize mine's not gonna be as loud as as a normal audio but i'm gonna give it a shot 
I want to hear the comparison of this and see how much this song inspired another generation. Just listen to this riff by the bassist. If you can. And here's the next song it's comparing to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Big time. I'm not sure they influenced Tool, but... I'm telling you, man. The riff, when it kicks in, it's unmistakable. That's interesting. Yeah. I I hear it every time I listen to this song, y'all. I hear it every single time I listen to this song. And And it gets more like it, like this, right here. Not as not as prominent as the other one, but I can hear it definitely. It's just crazy. I wish I mean I wish the audio was better, but I, I just can't get this thing to record better. Anyway, that was my little sound clip for this week, and I just I had to record it because every time I hear feels like a hammer, it reminds me of Tool. And I'm wondering if Justin from Tool is like, you know what? That riff is killer. I like it. Maybe I can implement that into something greater. And of course, Tool released that probably in ninety one or ninety two. I can't remember what year that came out, but uh that's that, awesome. That's that, sober. More like- Late it's, 90s. No, no, maybe. Okay. Sober was in the early 90s. Uh, it's off of the album Undertow. Uh, I think it's their main debut after their successful EP. But nonetheless, this is about yeah, Dangerous Toys. It's only about two years removed then, so it's it, possible, man. It is possible, for yeah. sure, for sure. I mean, the bass takes over. This song is absolutely a slamming song. I love it. I'm not, And it almost has that quality of it kind of, it's deceptive. You think this might be a, uh, a ballad. And then it kind of, smooths out to a slow harder rocker i mean this song is killer it it grew on me back in the day when i originally heard this and it really did it got heavier and heavier throughout the week i think this one is excellent from the opening throughout the soulful solo it's a solid eight in my book chris what do you think about feels like a hammer we have a very similar scores tonight (laughs) yeah i give it eight as well Uh, i think it's vocally it's one of jason's best efforts on this album i think he sounds great on this song uh placement is fantastic we talk about that sometimes on this podcast like i feel like between two real rocking songs kind of right in the middle i'm not sure tape days did was sporting woody the next song on the flip side so this would this have ended side one on this do you know by chance i think it i think it does it, yeah it feels I think like this it would have song. really good placement on this album if that's the case uh, background vocals guys do a great job on the background vocals on this song uh, really nice mid-tempo rocker. I mean, I guess, like like you said, it felt like a ballad at first, but I, I'd call this a mid-tempo rocker. Uh, and then the way at the end, I love the way they end the song. They're like, it feels like a hammer, yeah. hammer. It's like they're beating a the hammer while they're singing it, you know? It's really cool the way they do that. I think it's an excellent song. I think it should have been a single, honestly. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, killer, killer. All right, Anthony. Feels like I mean, a hammer. Come on, you guys think I'm actually not going to like this song? Um, I know you do. I mean, it's it's a solid. I said solid power ballad, but I kind of agree. It's probably more of a mid tempo rocker by the end of it. It's one of those sort of songs like "18 in Life" or by Skid Row, where it's not really a ballad, but it's not really. A, right. It's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> they can't help but, but yeah, just I mean, rock at some point, right? They can just. It does. It does. <laughs> like slow it down all the way through. Yeah. yeah it's like their only yeah. only ballad on this album. Um, you know, Jason. 
has the voice to pull this kind of song off, make it work. I'm digging everything about it from the chorus to the vocals, to the drums, the guitars. And I love that bass line sprinkled through. I love when you hear the bass guitar in a song. Um, the way it ebbs and flows. I mean, it's everything I like in these kinds of songs. Um, and I do love the way it closes out, too. Uh, it's a nine. It's outstanding for me. So I'm, I'm digging awesome. it. Awesome. But there is another ballad on here, isn't there? I think I was wrong about that. Yeah, it's there's a little bit. There's the another slowdown toward the end. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure it's a ballad, but it's yeah. not really. But it's close. It's about as, I mean, just like this one, it's going to be the closest things you have to ballads on this record. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it's let's go to track. Song, man. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, killer. Killer. Track six. It's called Sportin' a Woody. Hit it, Chris. <laughs> my age this song doesn't apply said at the oh start man God. when i was a teenager this song applied but these days man <laughs> <laughs> good lord oh, man. all right let's awesome. get this back on track here the drum <laughs> intro of sporting the woody is absolutely promising and the bouncy guitar riff is contagious and that bass yet again so prominent i you know i'm going back and listen to this and not thinking about it, but I just don't remember this bass being so out front while this two years ago. Same, and man. It's it, it crazy. blew my mind, honestly. Yeah, uh, it really is because I'm all about the guitar in most cases, but the the bass is what's really drawn me in a lot of these tunes. And um, I, I can tell you right now, humorous li- lyrics. I mean, this is the, the struggle of puberty must be real. Uh, once again, I think this. I think I could hear G and R <laughs> singing this song because. <laughs> the lyric content back in back in this time frame, you know, 88, 89. Um, I mean, this is absolutely as sleazy as it gets. A fun tune. I think it's somewhere between good and very good. I'm at a five and a half. Chris, what, what do you think a about five and a half? Come on, man. This I is... said it's between good and very good. I didn't. I mean, wow, this... you're that low on this song? I, yeah, honestly, that. this uh, one is, uh, this one and another one would be tied for my uh Flush, I'd say. No, there's one that's a little bit more. Yeah. Really? This song of Fly is as groovy as well, this song is? I don't know. I'm, I'm with Anthony on this, man. I, I this was, this between, was, it's between good you know, and This was good. a single. This was a pretty big hit for these guys. I didn't like it. It's probably the song that got me into them, coming to think, you know, like I was telling you earlier. Y'all so. can talk well, about it. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, right. Obviously, I'm looking at a sea of eights and nines apparently coming at me, but uh, that's all right, Chris. Go ahead. You what do you think yeah. about sporting a bit? <laughs> Man, I tell you, well, I gave it a nine right up the front. I think it's an outstanding song. I've, I've always, it's funny, okay? I mean, I know it's juvenile with the lyrics, but it's funny, man. It's just, and it's a rocking song. I mean, the riffs and that, the way that thing starts and the drums and the bass, I mean, my God, instrumentally, these guys are crushing it. And I think Jason sounds good. Vocally, it's in his range. And it's a fun, catchy song. I don't, I don't know how you, 
<laughs> I mean, to me, it's it's hair metal. It really is. It's it's juvenile, but it's fun, and that's what hair metal was back in the day. I mean, it, that's kind of to me the epitome. If anything, she should get a ten on this. I mean, it might be this. I'm not giving it a ten, but it's it's perfection for the genre. You know, I mean, it really is. Oh my! God. I will say one more note I had on this is uh, it does paint crack, crank the pack. God, I'm gonna trip it over my lyrics here. It does huh. pass the crank test unless you're in a school zone. You better turn it down. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do not play this one around schools. Yeah, it's kids. a nine for me. I think it's outstanding. Holy smokes! All right, Anthony, y'all tell me where I'm wrong again. Go ahead, sport in the wood. I mean, how can you not listen to this song without a smile on your face? I mean, it's oh, one yeah, of those kinds of songs. It's uh, it's so 80s hair metal, so gutter filled. I love everything about it. The vibe, the groove, the vocals, the guitars, the drums, the whole ridiculous nature of it. It's the kind of song you just want to crank at full volume. Um, you know, there is one negative to this song. I don't like, I hear these lyrics in hair metal occasionally. There's a line in here that says he wishes he could sedate her so he could penetrate her. And I don't like to hear. It does. It says, don't know what I'm going to do. Can't stop looking at you because you're sure looking nice to me. Will, I wish that you were sedated so I could at least penetrate you. And I heard that. And it's like, Mike, you know, it's a fun song if you don't dig That's into bad. the lyrics. That's bad. But it's like yeah. that poison song that says, you know, the the I want action. If you don't give it to me, I'm going to take her and make her. Yeah, it, yeah. It, just, it just makes me think about some of these songs. It puts a little black mark on some of these songs because it's like, yeah, you had a, too much fun to actually ruin it with something like that. But uh, even with that said, it's still a nine. It's still an outstanding tune. But I, I just don't like to hear that stuff in songs because it's just not know, cool. I, didn't not, I can't say I even realized that. I didn't pay attention to that. Song, However, yeah. maybe this is what Bill Cosby was listening to back when he was recording his show. <laughs> never know. Something tells me he was more like an R. Kelly guy than a... <laughs> <laughs> than a dangerous police guy. <laughs> but, I don't know. I just don't like to hear that kind of stuff oh, in music, God. you know, because... I agree, like, Anthony. Yeah, that's... I mean, I don't try to go too far into the weeds on that stuff, but yeah, I mean, stuff in your face like that, I mean, it kind of promotes some bad behavior, let's just be honest. And that's why it's a 5.5, you bunch of perverts. <laughs> but the thing is, I think it's because I had the headphones on, I was listening to it, and, you know, I had a few more listens of this one before you guys did, so maybe... It, Stood out. Not before me. <laughs> we, we knew you were picking this, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, but look at the. I mean, look at the song "17" by Winger. My goodness gracious, man, that song's. It's a killer too. Talking about like, like date raping somebody though, man, or like. No, but I'm saying it's statutory. I mean, it's statutory, according well, to the law. True. It is. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it just makes you sometimes sit back and go. Makes you rethink some of the songs you heard when you were youthful and you didn't think about this stuff as much when you're a dad. And got yeah. a daughter, you know, you think about this stuff a little more, you know, but anyways. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's still fun. Still a fun song, though. <laughs> still fun. It's all about fun. Still a fun song. Oh just keep God. certain parts of it in context is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Let's uh, let's move us on to the next song. Track seven. It's called Queen of the Nile. Chris. <laughs> Dawkins called. <laughs> Take her. 
All right, guys. I'm going to say this. This is incredibly great opening riff. Scott is absolutely a great guitarist, and I cannot say that enough. Once again, the bass is thundering. I'm going to go ahead and say this. This was not a single. This song is absolutely a sleeper. I'm going to let that be known. Easy to get into. Easy to sing along with. Another fantastic guitar solo. And plus, that outro solos that he's got going on as this song closes out, fantastic. Something about this riff got stuck in my head pretty much this entire week. And that's why I'm seeing this song somewhere between excellent and outstanding. It's an eight and a half in my ears. Chris, what do you think about Queen of the Nile? It's definitely Scott's song, man. He he absolutely crushes those riffs. I mean, he he crushes them. Uh, background. I, I don't know if he's a background vocalist. I'm not sure who is. If, let's see. It says right here, Mike Watson. Background. Back, okay, so mm. no. I guess that's the bass player. It's the main back background vocalist. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, dude, uh, they. I think it's a great song. I, I, it's not my sleeper. Uh, but I've got another one that really stuck with me this week that wasn't like a hit hit or anything from these guys, but. But it's a it's a very solid song. Again, you're right, man. That that rhythm section just drives this song so much. Um, and you know the Egyptian theme as well. You know, whenever a a rock band throws the Egyptian, show, who was that group we did? The White Snake guitarist guy. That his new group. You remember when we oh, did that? Yeah. Uh, there's Ptolemy all kind of Egyptian songs. Was it? Remember that Ptolemy song? Jimmy? That who was it? Yeah, the, the white snake guy that left and Blue did Murder. band. Oh, Blue, Blue Murder. Murder, yeah. yeah. I had a yeah, bunch Blue of Egyptian-themed awesome. stuff on their albums. Uh, so it's kind of, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I was reading the lyrics, I was like, I was like, this is a double meaning. Is, like, is it Queen of Denial instead of The Nile? You know what I mean? It's a good <laughs> way to like throw it in there and kind of like have a double meaning to the song. But I didn't really see any lyrics that made me think he was trying to throw a double meaning out there, but... Maybe it was. I, it would have been a missed opportunity because I feel like that's a great way to do that. I gave it a seven. I think it's a great song. I may be a little low on this one, but uh, it's a great song, so seven felt right. That's Dude, that's, it's all in how you hear it. Like I said, guys, I knew we were going to be kind of back and forth between each other. So I can see all. why you, like, if dude, somebody called this their sleeper, I'd be like, yeah, it makes sense. It was, it's, it's a, it's a riff and yeah. song to me. I loved it. All right, Anthony, Queen of the Nile. Why don't you give it again, Jimmy? Eight and a half? I, I gave it eight and a half. I, I thought it was fantastic. I'm at an eight. I think it's excellent. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I love the guitar. It leaves this one in. They get that nice, solid groove. Uh, you know, again, the vocals, the big guitars, the drums, the bass, it all just sells it for me on this one, too. Solid tune. No issues, man. I think it's an eight. Excellent, excellent tune. So uh, Awesome, man. So. Awesome. All right. Well, let's go to track number eight. It's called Outlaw. Chris. Get 
So Outlaw, man, this one opens up with one of the best riffs of the album. Frantic, fast-paced, just the way I like it. It's such a great tune. The only low point is the chorus is not quite as catchy as I like in a song, and it causes the song to suffer a little bit from that. Even with that being said, when when you're quoting Clint Eastwood, you're winning. (laughs) This one is somewhere between great and excellent. I'm at a seven and a half. Chris, what would you think about Outlaw? Yeah, it's my sleeper of the night, man. I love this song. Like you said, uh, again, Scott crushes the, this this song. I mean, his his riffs, his guitar solo, everything about this song, he's, he's all over it. And the bass, guitar, you know, the rhythm section, again, driving the whole thing. I mean, they do through, through the whole album. But this song in particular, I love that. I thought the the chorus was great, man. That long man killer. You know I mean? That, the, the way they did that was, loved it, man. It was fantastic. Uh, it got stuck in my head more than any song this week, so that, that's why I think, think it's my ah. sleeper of the night. Uh, it's, it's an excellent song. I give it an eight. Fantastic. Anthony, what do you think about Outlaw? Yeah, it's another one of those nasty, fast songs this band does so well. Yeah, I don't think it's as strong a song as others on the album, but it still kicks a lot of butt from start to finish. Uh, you know, it's got the swagger and angst, too, all over it. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, no issues. You know, I dig it, man. I give it a seven. I think it's a great tune, so... Awesome. Awesome. All right. Let's move it up to track number nine. Here comes trouble. So this one's a great little song. Here comes trouble. I wonder if this is somewhat of an autobiographical song for Jason McMaster because he wrote these <laughs> lyrics. He is writing some dark, dark stuff yeah. that is crazy. I mean, lyrically, this could be a, a true to life song. I don't know, man. Uh, I will say this, as I said earlier, if I can ever get an interview with Jason McMasters, this is going to be the questions I ask you about these lyrics because I got to know, <laughs> dude, did you have that kind of a upbringing? Cause that's awesome. Nonetheless, I think the song is catchy. It rocks. It's a great tune overall. I'm at a seven. Chris, what'd you think about Here Comes Trouble? Chris's Flush of the Week. Oh my God. Wow. Honestly, guys, I mean, it's the weakest song on the album, in in my humble opinion. Uh, Wow. Instrumentally, it's solid again. I mean, you're not going to find a bad song instrumentally on this album. I think lyrically, it's kind of like B side material. 
I don't know. There just wasn't a good flow to it. I didn't think. I, I kind of felt like they kind of threw it together at the last minute. This is what it felt like to me. Uh, it is kind of comical, some of the lyrics. I'll give you that. Uh, it's just generic to me. I don't know. It's kind of like generic dirty rock. I gave it a five. I think it's good. But uh, there's no mess tonight or anything. I think good. I mean, it's fair for this song. Gotcha. gotcha. It's nothing more than that to me. Anthony, what did you think about Here Comes Trouble? Yeah, you know, it's a. I don't have a lot to say about it either. You know, it works. It's it's like a lot of songs on the album. Solid vocals, solid guitars, heavy drums. You know, it's what's worked before works on this song too. Uh, it's a solid tune. I think it's a six. It's very good. Okay. Maybe one of my lower rated ones on the thing on the on the on the on the album too. So, you know, right. when it starts out, I kind of I was like kind of into it at first, and I was kind of like, eh, you know. Instrumentally, it's, it's great, but then yeah. when the lyrics kick in, it's just like it just doesn't feel like it meshes. I don't know. Oh my god! Talk about the lyrics now. All these crappy songs you've, you've had an opportunity to talk about. Now you're talking about lyrics? Oh, my God. All right. No, I'm not saying lyrics. I don't know. It doesn't stick. I, I don't know. It's I mean, like, here comes trouble. I'll make you see double. I mean, you know. I mean, it's I very generic. Know. I agree. Whatever yeah. generics. All right, generic people. Let's go to 10 Boots. It's track 10. Hit, Chris. So, 10 boots stomping. Here we go. Man, that bass riff, y'all going to laugh at this one. That bass riff initially reminds me of We Got the Beat by the Go-Go's. <laughs> I should have recorded that so you can compare that. It's crazy. It sounds very, very similar. But nonetheless, you know what? The song is good, but I struggle to see how good it is. It has positive riffage and lyrics. I'm not sure it's worthy of much more than simply being good. And that's where I saw this song. I'm at a five. This is my flush if I was going to flush one this week because it's my really? lowest rated. See, this yeah. would have been my sleeper of the week. Oh, wow. All right. Chris, yeah, 10 boots. Yeah. I'm probably between you two from, from what I'm hearing so far. Uh, you know, this is the only song that that, uh, that that the bass player wrote. Everything else it was Jason's that wrote the music, but this one was is credited to the to Mike Watson. I so. can certainly see his influence. And on it's very song. bass heavy, so I can see that. Yeah, it's... Uh, Go goes, man. That song's got some bass to it. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> we got the beat. To me, this has that kind of like white trash uh, rock anthem kind of vibe to it. There you go. Very jackal esque. It's only only thing is missing is a chainsaw, man. I mean, it's just like I could hear it. Like if somebody threw a chainsaw in here, I'd think this is jackal. <laughs> That's what I think <laughs> when I'd hear it. 
Uh, it's very much just an ass kicking tune you'd hear playing on a jukebox, like during a bar fight or something. I mean, that's what it feels like. Uh, not much more to say. I think it's, I, I give it a six and a half. I think it's between very good and great. Uh, cool. didn't quite feel the seven on this one, but, but it's a solid thing. All right. Fun Anthony, song. Yeah. Talk to us, Anthony. Tin Boots, your favorite song. <laughs> you know, I, I love how that one starts out with that yell at the start of it. It just, yeah. that gets me right into it every time I hear it. Um, and at that, you know, it's another ass kicking song. It's upbeat, fast paced in your face. Makes you want to grab the volume knob and turn it up. And honestly, guys, Cobra Kai forgot about this song. This would have been an incredible song to play with one of those big fight scenes in Cobra Kai, yeah, especially if Johnny Lawrence was leading it. This would have been a perfect Johnny song. Johnny Lawrence. You know, this would have been perfect. I was listening to this going, man, I could see those fight scenes with this song playing. But anyways, uh, you know, the song works, man. It's a late album gem for me. I think it's eight. I think it's excellent. I'm just digging this one a lot. So, in fact, I think they closed the album wrong. They should have closed it with this one and flipped them around. But uh, We've been a good closer, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. All right. Uh, you know what? I'm glad you remind me of the Cobra Kai because that, that reminds me of something. All right. Let's go to the final song. It's track 11, That Dog. simply some sleazy riffing going on here it's a bit of an attempt of a dirty blues tune maybe but it has all the flavors of dangerous toys and that's not a bad thing decent closing song but probably wouldn't have been my choice of a closer i would have preferred a little more rocking tune like i always say uh possibly outlaw or maybe even scared imagine that closing this record out uh regardless i still think the song is very good i'm at a six chris what do you think yeah i kind of agree i mean i think uh I think Outlaw would have been a really good closer. I think uh, Tim Boots would have been a really good closer. Uh, regardless, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd throw like your best song at the very end of an album because I think Scared is the best song on this album. But it's it's always interesting. You, you know, song placement, especially on the last song, you want to go out with a bang. Uh, yeah, as far as this song goes, it's, it's not bad. I mean, I think it's a solid closer. It's definitely got some swagger to it. Um, again, rhythm section, they always crushing it, man. They, they, they just do, uh, it's kind of on brand with their, what they're going with here. This outlaw dirty metal kind of sound. And it definitely has that vibe to it. Right. Um, I give it a seven. I think it's a great song. I will say one more thing I was wanting to point out. Uh, I didn't have it in my notes. Anthony made a comment on the last song that made me think of it. This guy reminds me a lot of Sebastian Bach. Sometimes his stage presence. Wow. Is very similar. If you watch some live clips of him, kind of even looked like him back in the day, really. And 
he just like you know he kind of had that like powerful uh, commanding stage presence uh very i don't know i don't know if that's what he's going for but it, it to me it kind of reminded me of sebastian bach a little bit the way he, he sounded and looked on stage well skid which is not a compliment kinda... i mean which is which is a compliment it's not like a <laughs> i don't mean that in a bad way well, Skid Row was kind yeah. of part of this genre too. You know, they were, they were. A little yeah, bit. absolutely, a little yeah. dirty hair metal kind of genre, and uh, yeah. also kind of came out kind of late, like these guys did, and didn't have a chance to shine as much as they probably could have. Uh, yeah, my th- my thoughts on this one, man. It should have ended the album on the last song, uh, but this isn't a terrible song. It's just one of the weaker ones on here for me. You know, it has all those dangerous toys tropes, like Jimmy said. Uh, solid vocals, killer guitar. Yeah, it works, but it's a six for me. It's very good, but I think it could have been flip flop them and you had a lot stronger song to close the album out with. But. Right. I, I definitely agree with that somewhat, but uh, I still think Tim Boots is a little bit weaker. Just my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. That's good, man. All right, well, guys, uh, let's uh, let's get some final thoughts on this record real fast for the for the week. All right, so for me, I'm gonna go ahead and say first of all. Great pick, Anthony. This was on my short list, just so you know. I mean, this was on my list of albums I wanted to do. Um, this this album is one of my favorites from back in high school. I mean, this came out, I think, our sophomore year that, that spring, around my birthday, as a matter of fact. And I remember buying this at the record bar on cassette. And the, the only – and this is before I even knew there was a single. There, I didn't even know if there was a single was even out then. But I bought this only because of the album cover. And that's something – that we don't take in consideration this day and time because everything's streamed. Back when you went to a record store, you look at album covers, you're kind of looking for something in your specific genre. And if it looks like it's going to be dark, scary, evil in my cases, I'm like, oh my God, this may be killer. Bought this record that day. And I mean, a cassette, I should say. I bought a cassette simply because of that cover. Never heard, hearing that first song ever. Then I saw the video for Teasing Pleasing and later Scared. Man, I was hooked. And I, uh, I did fear that this album would not stand the test of time when I did the deep dive because I was thinking, you know what, I listened to this in pieces throughout the years. Uh, you know, I, I dust a ton of these songs off, but never really give this whole album a deep dive. And I, I'm glad we did because it really did surprise me how well it stood up, in my opinion, at least. Um, I think Dangerous Toys is extremely underrated, very overlooked as the 80s closed out. Um, the band continued to record for a little while, but they never really got the break that they needed to become a mainstream act. Um, this is pure sleaze rock in the vein of Guns N' Roses through and through. Ironically, I think that uh, GNR could have sang these songs and probably made them into monster hits. I'm just going to go ahead and say that because of who they were. Um, man, Dream, uh, Dream Theater, listen to me. Dangerous Toys, they just seem to have gotten forgotten. I will say this is a fantastic listen. And if you're a fan of any 80s rock, hair rock, hair metal, sleaze rock, whatever it is, hard rock, give this thing a shot. My overall rating did come out to be a 6.9, but it's absolutely worthy of a 7 because I think it's a great album. Chris, final thoughts. Yeah, on this, by the way, I agree. Good pick, Anthony. Uh, For me, like, I knew the hits. And I, I know I owned this album at some point because I remember a lot of these songs. But it's not one I had on, like, constant rotation or anything uh you know it, it, you said something jimmy i'm not sure i agree with you i'm not sure guns and roses would have turned these into hits i think they're just a victim of the time frame that could have were. been man i could yeah, just hear really, axel they so. have very similar vocal styles if you think about it axel rose has that squall and so does uh, mcmaster yeah. so i mean i i could hear him doing some of these tunes 
Yeah. And maybe they would have gotten a little more play just due to them being guns and roses. I don't think they would have done better. I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, I just think, I mean, I really don't. I think these guys nailed it for, you know, I mean, this is their stuff and, and they sounded oh, yeah. great doing it. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I, I just had to throw that out there. To me, I think two things that, that I came away with rhythm section, much better than I remembered. I mean, it really was. Uh, when Anthony picked this, and, and he kind of alluded to us a little ahead of time that he might be going with this album, uh, I was just like, oh, really? God, okay. Yeah, I mean, but like, man, I, I was wrong because I thoroughly enjoyed this week listening to this album. I really did. Uh, I, I'd forgotten a lot about a lot of these songs. I mean, I knew Scared, Teasing, Please, and Sporting the Woody. That was it. I mean, but the other ones I remembered when I started listening to them again. I just like, if I looked at the, at the, the titles, Song I, titles like, I don't yeah. remember these songs. Yeah. But uh, once I started listening, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that song. Uh, and and one thing I w- another thing I went away with, not only just the rhythm section, but that Scott Dahauer is a tremendous guitarist, man. He really is. Talk about a victim of bad timing because he should be much more revered than he is. I, don't, I never hear anybody talking about this oh, guy. Yeah. Uh, but he's a fantastic guitarist. It, and then I was watching some live clips from like, like the 2017 show. He's still crushing it, man. I mean... Th- he sounds tremendous. I mean, to this day, he really does. And as far as I know, it's the only band he ever played in. I mean, these guys were like kind of one album wonders, really. And it's a shame because the guy's extremely talented. Uh, that's it. You know, I, I said two things. I will. I'll give Jason McMaster credit. He's a hell of a vocalist. He sounded great on this album. His voice is a little worn over time, but I mean, you can't sound like this. I was. I was showing the reason I kind of showed you guys that clip was like, even though. He struggles a little bit in concert now. He still goes for it, man. He's not one of these that bails out on the high notes and stuff. He yeah. just, he, he lets it rip, man. And I respect the hell out of that. Uh, these guys were just a vic- victim's bad timing because 89, when this thing came out, we know what direction <laughs> music went About soon after this. Two years after this. Yeah, I mean, it was just like, well, this is a shame because I think if these guys would have come out just a little earlier, yeah, I say that and then I'm like, they're very much like Jackal. And Jackal somehow man, came out a little bit later and managed to maintain it. So I don't know, man. I, I, I'm on the fence on that one, really. I mean, it feels like bad timing. I also feel like maybe they just put all their good songs on one album and then just like bombed after that. I, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure because I really do. They remind me a lot of Jackal. It's got that like Texas outlaw rock to it. I'm not sure that kind of stuff. I wouldn't call these guys hair metal, really. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm curious. We can have a discussion if you want about that. My total overall was a seven and a half. That's right between great and excellent. I, I feel good about that. So, right, that's good. All right, Anthony, your final thoughts. I, I mean, that's that's where that term "dirty hair metal" comes in, like you're talking mm-hmm. about. It's not really hair metal, mm-hmm. but it's not really uh, metal. It's not really anything. It's more like a dirty kind of hard rock sort of hair metal mix fusion of all kinds of stuff, man. So, who knows where a band like this would be if they had two or three years before the nineties happened. You just don't know, you know, that night it's one of those things when, when grunge came in, it was just such a unique sound that it's hard for bands to adapt to that. That's not used to adapting to that kind of music. Like when bands come out of the seventies, they could adapt to the eighties a little easier with the keyboards and stuff. It's a little easier to fit your keyboards in, but Mm -hmm. going to the nineties and have to down tune your guitars and change your vocal range and, it's so such a weird sound that it's hard for bands to adapt to that. That can't do it, and all even great bands like Metallica had to adapt, and Maiden lost a singer, and Priest lost a singer. I mean, 
it was a tough decade for even the big bands too. So yeah. little bands like this, they had no chance. Once that wave came in, they were done. <laughs> so I don't know if these guys would ever had a chance unless they got two or three years before the wave came. But so I don't know. But this is certainly an amazing album. So I'm glad you guys enjoyed it because uh, I was a little worried about it when I, I threw it out there and you guys were kind of hemming and hawing a little bit. I was like, oh, God, can I, I pick another is, bad one? <laughs> this is one of those bands I love. This is one of the albums I love from when I from my high school days. So it was it's just not, one of those. I hear these albums sometimes like this could be a really good one for the podcast. And I'm like, I put it out there and I'm like, oh, it's not not hitting like I thought it was going to. So I'm glad this one actually hit. So, uh, well, I was going to say, you know, I had the fear. I told this to Chris last Sunday. I had a fear this was going to give me the Tesla syndrome that I had for mechanical. Yeah, I heard that too. That's what got me kind of And I was like, oh, God, dude, (laughs) I'm kind of worried about it. Then I was listening. I was like, holy shit, this is a whole lot better. And I realized and I remembered it. And I was like, this rocks, man. I can't believe this is something that was so forgotten. But like I said, I, I dust off Scared every single year. I mean, every single year at Halloween time, I rock the heck out of it. Ironically, the, the, this album and the next one I'm probably going to pick fit the season pretty well. So I didn't really mean to do that. So That is awesome. awesome. But anyways, man, yeah, I gave it an 8. I think it's that's what my final score. My final score was 7.9, but I'm going to bump it to an 8, which is uh, excellent. I think it's an excellent album. It's probably – Close to my top five for the year. I mean, I really enjoyed nice. listening to it. I dusted it off over the summer when I was at the pool with the kids because I hadn't heard it in a long time. And then I was like, this is really solid. And then I kept listening to it. I was like, man, I'm really digging this. This has really held up very well. So I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. So. I, man, I, I'm telling you, you know, I I keep a little book of just albums I want to listen to or I want to review possibly in the future. And I'm not sure if you guys can see this or not, but... I mean, it's it's right there. It's like my second one down right here. <laughs> and you picked yeah. it, man. That's awesome. Because, you know, sometimes you hear something on the radio, and, and, and this is my little thing I carry with me when I, when I used to drive back and forth to work. If I heard a song that I was like, you know what, this might be a great band or a great album to listen to that I hadn't heard in a long time, I'll write that down and be like, you know, let's do this. And um, obviously now it's time for me to do a pick. Before we Before we do this pick, are we taking next week off? Or are we going to go into next week? I'm just curious because so it may be one more week and then take our break. Okay. If we're just going to do one week. All right. So, Chris, I know you kind of knew where I'm going with this. I've got three bands that I had chosen to do possibly. I'm going to do like I did before, and I'm going to let Siri pick it. I'm going to tell you the three albums. And we're going to do the song, dude. <laughs> do what? Are we going to do the oh, song? Oh, my bad. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> play the, play the uh, intro, please, sir. <laughs> And in this corner, weighing in at approximately 200 pounds, is the master of metal, the guru of guitar, and a lover of all things harmonica. He's our fearless leader. It's Jimmy with his pick of the week. All right. So, correction, it's about 225 now. And, uh, God, (laughs) I wish I was 200 pounds again. Oh, Lord. Anyway, all right. So, my three songs that I have, that I, or three albums, I should say, that I had thought about, I kind of, kind of gave Chris a heads up on a couple of them. And this is how I stand. And I think they all are season appropriate. Um, and I was, I really did want to do a King Diamond or a Merciful Fate, just so you guys know. But I'm not going to go that route. I know, Anthony, I know you'd be in. Um, but I think me and you may ought to do like a Halloween episode together with some King or some Merciful, because <laughs> I know Chris would absolutely kill it. 
<laughs> and I really don't want to hear zeros and ones on our podcast, so we'll uh, we'll we'll discuss that later. King Diamond's right. a tough sell. <laughs> he is a tough sell, man. Um, so my three albums are this. My first pick is a band called Tool, which th- this album got me back into Tool this week. The album was Anima, killer record. Oh, yeah. My second pick was Dio, Holy Diver, season appropriate. My third pick is an unknown band you guys probably never ever listened to that are hard rock. And they're from they're from the, I don't know, 2010 or something. But the band is called Airborne and the album is called Black Dog Barking. So I don't think you've ever listened to that album. I know, Chris, you've probably never listened to the Dio, but I know Anthony's listened to the Dio. And Tool, I know you've listened to it, Chris, but Anthony's never listened to that. So it's going to kind of be like an experience with which with these three records would be, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and do the magic. So number (laughs) one is Tool, number two is Dio, number three is Airborne. Which one do y'all want? I'm just curious. Dio. Dio for Anthony. I'd probably go with Tool between those three, but this is me. Here we go. What are you shaking your head for? You don't like Tool? No. Have what? you ever heard? Have you ever listened to him? I don't really want to listen to him. Every time I listen to him, he kind of just turned me off. But anyway, <laughs> really? Yeah, okay, I don't like interesting. Their sound. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, it's kind of like an atmosphere. It's like it. it's like a heavier Pink Floyd. But anyway, all right. Hey Siri, pick a number between one and three. A random number between one and three is two. Holy Diver, Dio. Thank God. Dio. Thank God. Holy really. Diver. I don't care for Tool, man. I've tried to list them a few times. I don't care for them. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just not my sound. I most of that stuff that came out post nineties, man. I just I don't really get into very much. So. What's the name of the album again? Holy Diver. Holy oh, Diver. Nineteen eighty three. That's one of the classic. Dia was on my list actually to pick eventually. They're one of the. This does feel like the most uh, Halloweenish of these albums. It is. It definitely will be. All right. So we're Holy we're Diver, back next man. week. We're gonna do Holy Diver, and. Good. I'm That's an easy of, one. Me, I can do my review right now. So, <laughs> oh, really? have you listened to it recently? Yeah, I mean, I think I still own it. I think I still have it in the house. Somewhere, awesome. Dude. So, what was the name awesome. of another band you threw out there? Airborne. They're Australian rock, hard rock band. I, I mean, you guys can listen to that if you want to. Uh, I'm but I'm, uh, I'm, uh, Black Dog Barking is the name of the album, and it's a. Uh, I will say this: by the time you guys get to like the fourth track, you're gonna be like, "Holy crap! I know what this is." Cause it kicks ass. It's, it's just a, it's just a hard rock fun album. It, it, it would probably, I don't know how it would definitely, it'll remind you of eighties rock. Just okay. so you, yeah, 80s I might rock. check it out too. I'm just curious. Cause I'm not even aware of those people. I, so. Neither one. I know you guys hadn't heard them. I probably should have went ahead and picked that one just to do it and be like, Hey, you guys got a surprise coming, but I think that would time, be a better one for like a two week wait. You know, so we have a couple of weeks to listen. That'd be a hard one to do in a week. I, I don't know if you guys could take that for two weeks, but it's okay. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying is that I've never heard it. Chris has never heard it. At least Chris has heard Dio on Black Sabbath. He's probably heard a few of these songs. Oh, he, I'm sure Diver. he's heard Holy Diver. So, but That's with like Airborne, it's so new to all of us that at least me and Chris, we need a couple of weeks to digest it just to see what it's all about. That's a good point. Sometimes if it's something that's completely unknown. I feel like ah, yeah. uh, you're right. I feel like I had, don't have enough listeners to give a fair review, but it just hadn't soaked in enough yet. But sure, it is. sure. I mean, I don't, know, right. I don't know Dio either, so whatever. Well, I think you'll know. If you got you'll a week. Know Holy you'll know Diver. a couple of these songs, Chris. I mean, at least two of them I would say you've heard before. The rest of them you're gonna be like, hey, what's on there? Holy listen. Diver, and what's the other big one that's on there? Rainbow uh, in the Dark. Are you kidding? Yeah, it's, that's oh, your, that's your two monster hits right amazing. there. We'll see. We'll see about that. Yeah, Chris will be like, I don't know about all that. What genre is this? Is this just like... That's just heavy metal. Just heavy metal. It's from 83. It's before that stuff kind of got... Uh, what? I guess ju- 
degeneralized to like hair and pop rock or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, Chris, it's it's got a good it's groove. Metal. It's got a good good groove to it. I, I think you'll be okay Seven with metal. stand up and shout. The first song is fast as heck. I mean, it's he's gonna get lost in the middle though, dude. I'm telling you, the middle's gonna kill him. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. All right. Dio, Holy Diver. Anthony, what do you got going on this week? The album. He's a guy that, he's in a band called Hungry Hard Like Heroes, Jimmy Buffett tribute band. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking back and forth on Instagram a little bit. And uh, I found his album on Apple and, dove into it and really liked it so i got in touch with him and he gave me some ideas about some of the songs and i picked some of those songs and kind of that sort of thing so that's awesome man so trying to give him a little bit of a little bit of play give him give him little streams on apple and help him out a little bit you know even if it's only five or six give him a little bit of something (laughs) oh heck yeah that's awesome look forward to hearing it all right well guys we'll wrap this up for this week for the audible ecstasy podcast this is jimmy this is chris this is Anthony. And this is it.